Welcome to December's The Week in Iceland at the Library, where I'm joined by a small group of very generous volunteers to discuss uh, the topics brought up in this week's The Week in Iceland. I've cut the programme up into small chunks, so we'll listen to it just a minute or two at a time and then get some reaction. Okay, let's begin. I'm joined this week by the President of Reykjavik City Council, mathematician Pavel Bartoszek, and by David Kjartan Gestson from Roof's Culture Desk. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. I maybe would like to begin with the PISA testing. Uh, so I read that report um, uh, yesterday, and it's also because, in, you know, in Iceland, um, the schooling is on sort of the, the municipality's shoulders. Mm. So um, that was kind of, you know, interesting to read. There was a big sort of supplementary report from, uh, from the Icelandic specialists with this report. And one of, you know, one of the things that interested me is, um, so we're, yeah, we're, we're getting worse in at least two areas, which is reading skills and then sort of science knowledge. Where are we on this, uh, the concept of uh, the poor performance in the PISA testing and Icelandic kids not reading as well as they used to, being not just the fault of schools, but of much wider um, um, issues, for example, the internet and, and what they are consuming? I would suppose that the problem is where the internet is moving towards because maybe 10, 15 years ago, most of the uh, <clears throat> content we were consuming on internet was in a textual form. While these days it's more like audiovisual format that's being more engaging. Mm -hmm. So people spending time on YouTube where you don't necessarily have to read anything is definitely uh, contributing to this problem. Uh, but yeah, I do remember back in my age when I was a kid, uh, it was usually the internet groups and forums, so places where you would chat to other people and people would share links to different news articles and stuff. So for me, in that kind of a era, it was normal to be reading as well, although you were online. So I'm assuming that it's kind of shifting towards more, yeah, like I said, audiovisual elements over the textual ones. And the audiovisual elements aren't in Icelandic? They that's are, yeah yeah it's what, it's that's true most of them are usually in english and yeah. i do know that the kids today here in iceland tend to also speak often in english to each other so i feel like content they are consuming is already in a foreign language and then it's it brings up brings over a bigger problem which is like losing the Icelandic language from the little kids and also we see it's a problem at the library that the amount of translated material for children is because you compare Iceland to the other Nordic countries, it's by far like walk into a bookstore in any other country and you see like loads of translated titles. Whereas here they don't translate much and what they translate is often they quit midway into a series and things like that, which is very, it's not very encouraging for children to read in Icelandic, if that's the case. I think instead of worrying that uh, children read less, we, we have to, to create uh, more educational um, content, uh, audiovisual, uh, because sometimes it's difficult to find what I would like to find on some educational matter. Uh, and uh, it's very good that in Icelandic schools the emphasis is on uh, on reading uh, books at home. Uh, on uh, They've got some uh, uh, 
region uh, competitions, uh, like week competitions, or they, they're supposed to read every day, they have to mark uh, how many minutes they read. Of course, it's very little, but still it's, it's very nice. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that the, the parameter they're using is they're talking about, obviously, the kids' ability to comprehend written Icelandic. They don't talk about foreign languages, obviously. And yeah, that's an interesting point. Maybe they're getting better at English, but worse at Icelandic, which is not a good thing, but... I mean, if, you're, if you don't give them kind of entertainment in Icelandic, that entertainment that they want to watch in Icelandic, that or read or listen to in Icelandic, then... And if you don't act, you, you have to act with... Because Icelandic is such as, like, talked by so it's few people, it has to be really thought of that if the children are, like, if the media that they choose is changing, that we also provide material in that media. I mean, I remember, um, don't remember what was the name of the person who was speaking about it, but they mentioned how the comic books, the, the reading of comic books has been in a, in a fall down since the 2008, 2009. Mm. But I have a vague memory that only the, maybe a couple of months ago there was this big promotion of a, some comic books being finally translated to Icelandic. So I'm thinking maybe that was one of the reasons, like maybe this is a way of how to get the people back into reading because you want to provide to them what they want but in their own language, which makes it a bit more special. Then, As a person who's trying to learn Icelandic and trying to find things to read in Icelandic, I feel having comic books is definitely something more um, more up my alley, so to say. Yeah, it, it, this is. Yeah, we 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 get the same news now uh, every other year or so about the PISA mm -hmm. results, and and we we've been reading the same news item for at least eight years. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, 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 okay. If I could jump in there, yeah. um, you're explaining why the results may be getting worse. That's mm -hmm. one thing. But why are the results getting worse compared to the other Nordic countries? Because they're all doing the same thing. I presume their children yeah. are in the same position, by and large. OK, I'm not sure how much more we've added there. We kind of covered that. They're saying that people are not being forced to read as much as they were before through the subtitles. Anything else to add? I, I think that might have to do with um, uh, technology. Um, I don't know, I couldn't hear the previous comments, but um, there's too much uh, telephones, cell phones, I mean, uh, TVs, monitors, tablets, uh, projectors, movies. So uh, this definitely hinders the ability. Um, to, to, to my experience, I've been living in Iceland in five, for the last five years. Uh, I was told, and I've been... I mean, I've seen it myself that uh, kids in today's time in Iceland do use, a, let's call it like a watered-down version of Icelandic, which is something that is very good for me because it makes it easier to understand. But I'm pretty sure that the reason they use that is also connected with the fact that they do <clears throat> consume a lot of English, um, English-speaking products or content online. So just because of that, because the one way on how to improve your language skills is to be reading, and then it goes hand in hand. If you're not reading, then your vocabulary is not improving. Mm -hmm. So that way, I'm going to assume that the reading, um, the ability to understand what you read is actually going down just because, yeah, people are, maybe they're looking, thinking a bit more bilingual at this point, and that way you're not really focusing on one language.
specifically, but uh, rather, rather than that, just two. Yeah, I think one of the, the big problem that was identified is vocabulary. <coughs> yeah. And that, of course, is from the amount you read, I guess. Which brings a good point. I think um, the multilingual effects, because there's so many languages, I, I know that they have to like learn Denmark, Danish, and of course, a lot of them know English. So, like if you Icelandic kids learn Icelandic first, then they start learning English quite soon after they enter Grunskole. Then at the end of Grunskole, they learn Danish, and then in Mentaskole, it's a fourth language. What's the fourth language? Uh, it's uh, off your op optional Spanish, French, German. Uh, yeah, it's too many languages. Like in my in my in my growing experience, uh, we were actually uh, trying not to learn the language because we liked um, Ebonics, ghetto slangs, uh, teen talk. So um, talking formally or knowing was seen like a nerd and was you, you were just not cool. So uh, it, it, was, it was cool to be lazy. Okay, just very quickly on the end of that topic. Uh, the school system itself, good, bad, you went through it. Maybe you could start. <laughs> Do you have children that are going through it right now? Uh, yes, okay. I have three children in school. Uh, I would say children love Icelandic school a lot because they're happy at school. It should it should be the way like it is. But to my mind, not to my children's mind, uh, they they have to to learn more at school, not just to be happy. Uh, it just uh, you have to combine somehow those two things happiness and education but it's very important that the happiness is first yes of course because if you just press them to uh, to learn then it's not a good result <laughs> i mean to my experience and this is just my experience uh, i could have done with more kind of rigorous teaching and a focus on kind of focus on studying in school instead of a month-long craft session for each Christmas, as an example. <laughs> uh, to make it very greasy, you know, I, I don't personally care about the things I read. You know, I can always go back to any textbook or in the Internet or, or whatever interests I have in education and inform myself or educate myself. You know, I mean, there's so many professions that you have to study so much, so many books, so many years, and when you get to it, you know, not even half of it you use. I think as kids, what we remember is, is the memories. And I think um, the memories is, you know, being happy to me uh, was more important, you know. Um, schooling, uh, a lot of the schools I went to, people were unhappy even if they got good grades. And, you know, you can be a great student, but you can get extremely depressive, you can get suicidal th um, thoughts, tendencies, um, you know, you can um, have all the money in the world and not be happy. Um, so I think this is a good thing that they can focus on. But I have heard people tell me about bullying and their friends don't do anything, their teachers don't do anything or much. And, you know, uh, sometimes this environment, you know, creates it hectic for students who go there um, being, you know, mentally abused. And, you know, I have strangely seen, 
not from the little, little, little kids, but once you start developing some sort of racial bias, you know, Iceland is very white, and you can start seeing it, the, the learned behavior, where it's like a social class where if you're black or Hispanic or uh, Middle Eastern, people, it's like you're, you're exotic or strange or, and uh, I'm talking about kids, not just adults, so it, you can kind of see the programming where soci high socializing, high, high classing, it, it's, it's being somehow taught somehow somehow because I'm not in there, but um, sadly, two issues about the Reykjavik City Council. I would like to talk about the financial yeah, sure. side of that because uh, you were directly involved. You asked for these figures as the president of the council. Yes, that, that's sort of you know one. Uh, so just to you know give people the background that there was news about you know what some people thought was excessive cost of, with the council meetings. And that's exactly, you know, just to be clear, that's something that I asked about. I mean, I, you know, I want this information to be public. I want people to know uh, the costs about it. And, and one of the reasons is that um, I felt that, um, you know, in the recent sort of from the, from the lectures, we had, the, the meetings have been getting, you know, longer. And, uh, you know, maybe it's one of one of the reasons is that we have more council people, but, but it's just still often just in the culture. I mean, I've watched a lot just to compare with meetings in city council in other countries like Scandinavia, and sometimes they take like half an hour, sometimes they take two. I mean, we on average have been taking nine hours for uh, one council meeting, which takes place once every two, two, you know, two weeks. So I asked for this information, and, and you know, it turned out initially that uh, we got, unfortunately, you know, bad numbers, which sort of exaggerated the cost. Uh, you know, the cost was said to be something like 360000 per meeting just for the food. It turned out to be you know, around half of that, mm -hmm. uh, which I think still could be, you know, cut off uh, substantially by primarily having the meeting shorter. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, uh, something I sort of would like to aim for. Um, you know, also because we have a much younger council than we used to, uh, much more people with little children and kids who just, you know, want to spend their time uh, in the evenings with their families at home and not just, you know, in a night-long meetings. Mm -hmm. So local democracy, Reykjavik City Council and the cost of putting on their meetings. Uh, did anyone follow that story last week? Well, the cost, uh, the cost was high at first, but then they had a much more reasonable number. But um, I think Pavel Rakes makes an interesting point in that um, the meetings are so long. Uh, and I think a lot of it is just kind of for show. They know what the votes are going to be ahead of time. You know, and the public can have its input, you know, probably in a different way. And you know, they probably get more done and save money on food and other things. That's what he's saying. They're doing, I, I'm not sure if I included it in the recording, but he said like, they could say the same thing in five minutes that they do in 20 if they researched and prepared a bit better. It's also just, I've heard that it's a little bit of an Icelandic thing to have very rambly meetings and not be very concise. I think it's the same. But you're pretty. You have nothing. Like, I've seen recordings of your, <laughs> your parliament. I think that's a... No. Nope. <laughs> Well, quite. Um, but, no, I mean, it's different, though. In the British Parliament, there are all 650 people shouting at each other. Yeah. In the Icelandic Parliament, they do come up one at a time, and then, my word, do they talk. <laughs> well, the, the main reason this was news is because 15,000 krona per meal per councillor is so excessive. Yeah. And then it turns out that that wasn't true. How, did, how could that number be so wrong? Well, what happened is simply that uh, somebody uh, took everything that was booked on the sort of uh, item, which is the city council, mm. 
and that excludes other meetings than the city council meetings. So mm. essentially all the meetings that are sort of held uh, under the auspices of, of city council were included in there. Mm. And what, what was the overtime pay of the... the no, uh, no, no, there was... No, no, so, so in this number what is included is mm. primarily food yeah. and the cost of uh, sort of broadcasting. But I mean, still, and people have to sort of realize that some of the cost with, you know, having a, you know, democracy and having, you know, an open uh, forum uh, will always be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, people will want to listen to what politicians have to, you know, that option has to be available. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, coffee and food does cost. We will not get away with all of that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think it's... Um, but it can be more effective and, and yeah. know, it doesn't have to take such a long time. And, yeah. And yeah. yeah, I mean, the costs are one thing and it's also just, the, I, I think, just the productivity of it. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, you know we, we don't often get people coming in and listening in. And I would like that. I would like, you know, mm-hmm. for the meetings to be that people just, you know, could really tune in and, and see what it is we're talking about. And So the cost of democracy, how much is too expensive to, to be able to follow along? Not a precise figure, perhaps. <laughs> well, transparency is important, but sometimes I feel like politicians are performing for the camera at more theater than having an actual debate. So um, you know, maybe that's not always a good thing. Yeah. The city council in Reykjavik has been pretty fiery recently. Uh, there's been some, <laughs> some name-calling and some... Yeah. And maybe that is showboating. Maybe they got... Maybe they got exterior, like, influence. (laughs) (laughs) And they streamed the meetings online. I think he said, what, about 300,000 kroner they paid to do that. I mean, we could do it cheaper than that on Skype, couldn't we? Yeah, per meeting. (laughs) That's half of what it was. (laughs) The cost of democracy. I mean, isn't Facebook Live for free? <laughs> three hundred thousand is but definitely a big amount. It's for free, but you would always have to have staff. <laughs> yeah, the True. staff and cameras and lights. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't, I wasn't really following the story, so I don't know. But the numbers you're telling are just quite exuberant. Mm. Uh, would it be enough if they obviously the doors are open and anyone can go in and watch? Is that enough, or is it important that it is broadcast? And how many people have to watch it for it to be worth broadcasting it? Well, I mean, I feel like if people were actually going in and watching and there wasn't a stream, you know, there would be reporters who would take minutes and, you know, report on it, and there wouldn't be the name-calling and showboating that we've had recently. So I understand people want transparency, but there's, you know, other forms perhaps. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's just a kind of... A evolution in politics, global politics in general, it's becoming way more uh, turbulent. So, mm. Have you noticed that? Do you think that's true in the city council, that they're getting along less well with each other? I, <laughs> I mean, in the, over the course of years, not just recently. No, I really haven't been paying attention. <laughs> okay, no comment. Okay. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce in Hollywood, Los Angeles, is angry with Havnavida and they've forced them to dig up Björgvin Halldorsson's star mm-hmm. from the pavement. Yeah. I mean, this is... I mean, the cost involved is certainly there is some money involved. Mm-hmm. Did they not predict this possibly beforehand? No, probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> but this is yeah, this is a deliciously corny news item. It is. Uh, it is. It's and and it reflects sort of a, a very um, a naive uh, view on on copyright uh, issues, you know. Uh, but yeah, it, this is corny from both sides really because the Walk of Fame is is yeah. Um, so famous. Yeah, it's very famous. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, this is always an issue of, of money, and and you know to get a star on the Walk of Fame, you need to uh, not only get recommendations for for uh, people involved in the business, you also need to pay money to get onto the street. So yeah, really. Yeah, and it's 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 a pretty high amount per star. It's it's I think forty thousand dollars or something. So is, when they're all there being unveiled, going, oh, I'm so honored. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, yeah, it's not an issue of honor. It's just you need to, yeah, you need to be famous enough, and you need to know the right people or have people that actually want you to have a star in on the Walk of Fame, mm. and somebody must be willing to, yeah, shelf up the the money and and forty thousand dollars per star. So is is Hollywood right to be annoyed with Hafner Fjord, or is it like silly? <laughs> <laughs> For want of a better word. What's making this uh, Hollywood sign uh, copyrighted? Like, what, what's yeah. Hollywood's copyright? It, 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 it look. It has a. It has a very strong passing resemblance to the Hollywood version. It may not be identical, but. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as a person noticing a lot of, uh, especially at this time, listening to Christmas songs. How many Christmas songs are? very popular in, among the Islanders, but they're also <laughs> counterparts of more famous world songs. Loosely translated. <laughs> yeah. Loosely translated, even, if, uh, just not in a, even not in a spirit of the season. Uh, but I don't know, it's interesting to see that that's happening, although I think it's a bit of a, um, yeah, cringy. It's very cringy to be doing this. I mean, <laughs> for a, for a, organization as Hollywood, like located in US and Los Angeles to be dealing with something in Hapnofjord in Iceland. <laughs> it just feels like penny pinching, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it comes up later in the recording, but the issue of like Icelandic sort of like, oh, we're just small little Iceland, no one will notice or care. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, obviously, it, you know. I, I don't think the Hollywood, uh, should be angry about it. It just uh, uh, cre cre creativity and so the, for example, the Herbie House, uh, which is in Iceland, there is a copy in Japan. So, so what? <laughs> They've got uh, similar the same things, um, like two or three copies <laughs> over the world. But it's just creativity and fun. <laughs> Well, as I, I live in Hopperfurther, and it's often um, made fun of. It's sort of like the dumb blonde jokes in the U.S., so this isn't going to help. But, and it's also strange. Most politicians are lawyers, and, you know, and nobody on the council thought of this is, uh, you know, strange. It is. And I suppose, um, what if the second or third biggest town in every country made a Hollywood Walk of Fame? Then it would be... I think it would damage their... I think it would probably damage their copyright claims, like how Google doesn't want Googling to be uh, the ver verb we use. Like, because then it, I think it decreases the kind of copyright thing if it becomes common, commonly used. Yeah. Like, growing up, I didn't realize that Hoover wasn't the word for vacuum cleaner. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, but that's, yeah. 
did, did Björkvin call it the uh, Icelandic Hollywood Walk of Fame? Or was there a special name? Because I can see that this was uh, supposed to be a part of a bigger project of Icelandic Walk of Fame. So did, It's yeah. not his project. Okay. He was just, because he's from Hapnafir, he was the first one honored by it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's behind it. I hope yeah. not anyway. That would be kind of a bit big headed. <laughs> I'm just wondering who who was the whistleblower. <laughs> Somebody must have known about you know the, that that they were going to put the star in in honor of Björn Halldorsson. Uh, but yeah. but how on earth did the the, <laughs> the Walk of Fame uh, board <laughs> get get weather of this? Um, so yeah, it, 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 this raises a lot of questions. Um, but I think Icelanders sometimes have a bit of a provincial view on on yeah intellectual property laws and 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 they sort of don't think things always through that there could be uh yeah yeah issues down the road so standing with the little guy (laughs) (laughs) obviously iceland is always going to be the little guy in these situations so how seriously should international brands be taking minor infringements of copyright i mean iceland itself had a similar issue with Iceland, the supermarket in Britain. I thought, I, I, I think Iceland won. Like Iceland, the country won. But Iceland, the supermarket, can still keep its name. Yes. Yeah. And in, but in that one, I mean, the country against the supermarket, Iceland was the big guy. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, if I remember correctly with Sushi Samba, wasn't there a bigger chain somewhere in the US that had the same name or something? So that was like the, the reason why they pulled the copyright... Uh, um, file on them but for example with the Hollywood star thing I just feel like maybe it's too big of a step to take from the side of the Hollywood or maybe it was it Iceland there should be a bit more aware of the fact that they might be infringing copyright uh, law and they should just adapt to it so if somebody came up with the idea of having this walk of fame they should already assume oh we don't want to just blank blankly copy like copy what it's already there but let's just make our own and that way just borrow the thought or the idea and not just kind of steal the idea for yourself so i feel like as long as it's just as a as a as a spark to create something new it should be fine so some of these uh examples are just a little bit in my opinion too much mm-hmm. but other, other ones seem to be like yeah they seem to be on point yeah. well two things about that was that Firstly, the star is going to be back. Mm. They're, yeah. Apparently, they're redesigning it to look more hapnafjordery, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> and also, they, they said, like, we don't know if this copyright would stand up in an Icelandic or a European court, mm. only in an American court, maybe. But we're just going to take it away anyway. So I think they were trying to be the, the bigger man. I don't know. <laughs> Smaller guy, but a bigger man. Huh? Oh, ooh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Lemur. Mm-hmm. It's quite an exciting, bold plan there. Because uh, currently, everyone acknowledges that the traffic around there and the walking around is mm-hmm. quite unpleasant. Yeah. Even though the food hall is yeah, great. Yeah. Thing. But the traffic is, yeah. To put uh, so, 
in, in, in broad terms, what is the plan to get rid of the cars? Yeah, I mean, the plan is, uh, it, it, it's sort of, I mean, describing things visually in a radio is always a challenge. But, you know, the thing is that the, the place where the, currently the street goes down, sort of the Lugaro Street, that would just be a square, essentially. And there's a small street next to that, to, you know, to the right, if you stand and look down, mm. which is just, you know, a pretty pretty small street, really. And that, uh, there, the you know, the buses will run, and because there will still be a bus hub. And so we so we get a plenty you know new space both the parking lots next to Jorgensen and the street will turn into a public square, which is you know super exciting. So yeah, we'll start talking specifically about this Lemmer plan. Has anyone got an opinion on it? Good, bad. Well, I'm there every morning for work, so I'm very grateful for this because I have to walk through you know buses, cars, and bikes, and scooters now. It's uh, kind of stressful. So this, I'm very excited to hear about this. And it seems like it's part of a plan, a continuing plan to make the whole Lemur area nicer. I mean, when I was a teenager, I remember um, uh, one of my friend's mothers, if we needed to go somewhere via Lemur, she would freak out and she would she would always be there parked if we like she would drive us from there and like she would just Lemur was not a place for kids safe place to be for kids which is really nice because they've really managed to kind of uh, make that feeling go away at least uh, wasn't a safe place to be but there's the police station there <laughs> but it wasn't a safe place to be it was a lot of uh, drugs and kind of just uh, cry. Like I, I am not contradicting you I am actually contradicting society because uh, that actually st I just heard yesterday that still goes down so the police station is there, but uh, we have all these dangers, like this guy can't walk down the block without feeling stressed. And we have drugs, and we have grown-ups not wanting to even enter the polluted city. And we actually even have uh, pollution in the air, I read, uh, in the area, because of so many vehicles. So what is the police doing there? I mean, it was the main bus station, um, and... It was, the, I guess, the reason it was such a dangerous place is because anyone could go and hang out inside in the warm. And now that's been taken away from us. It's, that's not entirely a good thing. I mean, the process of waiting for a bus has become colder and more outside than it used to be. Strangely, I was just there in the bathroom and um, it's become heavily graffitied. It wasn't like that a couple of weeks ago. And um, I don't know how that actually works because... When I first went there, I thought it, I didn't even go inside because I thought it was like, like some sort of mall hotel. And then I was surprised when it was it used to be the the bus station, and and some people take this like this is still the bus station for us, and they kind of coexist. But there is these businesses have high pressures to to meet these demands, these costs, and of course they they probably don't like having to share it with people just lounging around, doing nothing, they want customers. I mean, if I'm understanding the story correctly, so they want to change Lemur to be a bit more uh, closed for the cars, more, but open for the buses. More pedestrian. More yeah. pedestrian, yeah. I mean, you said it yourself that back in the day, you didn't really want to be hanging around uh, Lemur, at least late at night, but today things have changed with the Lemur uh, food court open as well. So I, I really think that that did help um, removing that kind of a problem and having an open space. I really feel I said misses 
one big square, one big open space where people hang, can hang out. I mean, th there are a couple of smaller squares around downtown area, but I feel they are just already full of stuff that you can't have. I don't know, I, I was thinking but just the other day how it would be nice to having like a Christmas market in Reykjavik because it gets really snowy, has this uh, Christmas feeling with the fairy lights all around, but you don't have a place where you can just put uh, Christmas houses and stuff being sold and just have people mingle around. So I feel like changing this into a big open square would actually, would probably benefit everything. I just am not sure how possible that is to do, especially since there are three hotels in the vicinity of Hlemur and then also three bus stops for tourists just right there and I feel like there's a lot of traffic just going there just a lot of food traffic so I don't know how would that actually yeah how would that be possible to do it seems like people don't see the underlining uh, the Klemur bus stop was publicly for the public people to transit kind of like mute is but mute closes kind of early, but Mute is very dedicated for for the, it's a bus transit. It's not like bus and business. Mm -hmm. So we drive, we take away that space. We replace it with restaurants, which is all around Reykjavik. We can't leave this little small space for, for the people. So we take that little by little and we continue to take away space for capitalism, for stores, uh, in the future, we're, they're probably going to be more expensive and there's going to be less space. And, you know, the common Icelander doesn't feel like Reykjavik is Iceland. It feels like Reykjavik is tourist. So uh, we're just going to take away the locals. We took away their bus station. The, in the future, it's going to be more expensive because this is the way it works. When it becomes successful, people want more and more. And then maybe even the sidewalk would be private. I spent a lot of time around this area when I was a kid. Um, and and it's changed quite a bit uh, in that time, uh, just the past, just past five years or so. Um, and I actually, I lived very close by um, for, a few, uh, for two years or something. And yeah. I, I, I'm a big uh, supporter of, of where humans, if, if humans are supposed to feel welcome mm -hmm. and, and well in an area, uh, cars must uh, feel equally uh, as um, uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, so that's a little bit more about the city's overall policy on, 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 on concentrating more on pedestrians and people and less on cars. Any comments on that? I think it was uh, very popular when uh, in the season they closed down the street for the, the pedestrians, but it wasn't completely closed. It was like there was still a section that was open and Icelanders drive really well, but I, I think publicly the locals really want respect for the pedestrians. I mean, I understand it's very hard to solve this problem because isn't the average right now two cars per family in Iceland? And then... Mm -hmm. We are all well aware of the fact that unless you have a car, you can't really be going anywhere outside of Reykjavik. I, th I think Straito transit system is very well done for the Reykjavik city, but any going anywhere around is just impossible, which is what entices people to actually own cars and drive them around. Mm -hmm. But then, I mean, there's so much traffic that we can't just get rid of it. It just has to come this very big change in uh, people's mindset on 
maybe focusing a bit more on using the public transport rather than cars, and that would help elevate a little bit of a problem with the, with the heavy traffic. I've never been there in the morning all during the rush hour, so I, I really don't know how it looks like, but so far, Hlemur looks fine to me, but it's been a pain driving anywhere else in Reykjavik for me during the rush hour, so I don't know. I feel like it, there's a there's a very big shift that has to be done in order to solve the problem. Iceland has a very strong car culture. I think something like half the land in the city is roads and parking lots, so it's going to be hard for people to transition. But I know the city has a long-term plan to, you know, with Borgalina and that, to shift people more towards public transportation. But I think there'll be plenty of parking and garages for people. I, I think it's called commute. Uh, for whatever reason, this is, like, lost in Iceland. People don't like to commute, share vehicles. Uh, it It is highly missing because, you know... Um, it would reduce traffic, it would reduce emissions, it would reduce gas, and it would bring people closer. But people are too independent for this. I agree. It's really sad to look into the morning traffic and in each car there's one person driving, maybe on their phone as well. So. <laughs> well, then that counts as two people, surely. <laughs> but still, you're fortunate. I had a friend who told me that um, he... In, in big cities around the world, it's very common for the roads. You have to wait half an hour for per block, you know, waiting in the car because there's so uh, tra- traffic. Um, but here, they're not, uh, you know, people don't have to wait that long because it's such a small country. Yeah, I mean, if people were waiting two hours in a traffic jam yeah. to get home, like they do in some cities, maybe they would change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes, definitely. You can park your car by the side of the road and just walk. Then you will get home quickly. It's not like London. <laughs> you you could have been waiting for like two, three hours. And like the, the, the I used to watch the advert that person who is waiting in the car queue uh, in traffic jam just can go out of the car, can uh, brush teeth, can <laughs> do all the morning stuff. It's, just, it's not it's not the Iceland thing, yes. We wouldn't have the patience for a two or three hour traffic jam. That's just not on for Icelandic people. They're very, very impatient. So maybe if we got Borgalina up and running really well and then made the roads really bad, then the problem would be solved. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a donkey republic, but I, I still see a lack of cycling. I know some countries love the cycling. I think, I don't know why people like the gym, but they don't like uh, public outdoors having such beauty out here. And I really, really feel sad there isn't that many pet walkers. It's, you know, such such a beautiful thing. See people walking with their pets, walking for long walks. It's just not very common. Well, on that note, I think we are pretty much out of time. Um, thanks to everyone that's come along for these four sessions of the Week in Iceland at the Library. It's been a, a great experience and lovely to meet so many new people. Um, and that's it for the 2019. Merry Christmas to everyone. Bye for now. Bye.